Well, welcome everyone to another podcast of uh, You Can Call Me Al. I'm Al Condalusi and uh, with the Interdependence Network, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, plugging in uh, with us today. Uh, this edition, we have a really, really fun um, opportunity uh, to talk with a dear friend of uh, mine for, for many, many years, uh, Dory Ortman. And so, Dory, welcome to, uh, to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to, great to be here talking with you. Great. Thanks. Dory and I have gone back over many years. We, we worked together uh, for a number of years at, uh, at Community Living and Support Services. And, uh, you know, Dory's just an amazing uh, advocate and professional in the field. Uh, she's a mom, so she has the, 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 the family um, experience and, and passion and, and, and presently is uh, associated with the LEND program. LEND is an acronym. It stands for Leadership Education in Neurobehavioral Disorders. It's a university-driven program that really is, uh, it's nationwide. There's LEND programs in a, associated with a number of universities around the country. And, and, and so, again, Dory, welcome. And tell us a little bit about LEND. What, you know, tell us a little bit about your involvement there, what you do there, and what LEND attempts to do. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So um, as you already mentioned, there are LENDs all across the country. Um, I I believe every state has at least one. Some states have two. We actually have two here in Pennsylvania. Uh, We're in Pittsburgh, and then there's another one in Philadelphia. And we really are, are training the next generation of leaders in the field of disability. So we have uh, graduate students and doctorate-level students um, from the university that the LEND program is associated with uh, come through our training program, which is a pretty intense program, Um, really learning about disability, getting to experience what it's like uh, in family life, living with a disability in a variety of ways. because they want to go on into their respective fields to have a better knowledge of disability and really be examples of leadership within it. So our students are from any profession that will eventually um, serve families who have children with disabilities. So it might be speech therapy, um, occupational therapy, um, certainly the the ones that you would maybe think of when you think of disability. Uh, but then we also have, uh, we have had law students in the past. We have um, nutrition and dietitians, um, special education, public health. So it's a really wide range of disciplines. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's very multidisciplinary. They get to learn about each other's fields and, and really work together. We have a clinic that families who have children with disabilities actually come and get to work with the students or the students get to work with them, more importantly. Um, so it's a really, really great program, a really great growth program. My role, as you had asked, um, I've been with Lent Pittsburgh for nine years now. And when I was brought in, um, I'm called the family faculty and the LEND programs across the country at that time, so about nine years ago now, um, had been given the directive of 
uh, noting family or recognizing family as its own discipline. So Mm -hmm. I was brought in as family faculty because we do have faculty for each discipline um, Mm -hmm. that the students are from. We have faculty related to that discipline. So I was brought in as family faculty, and then we started having family (laughs) trainees um, who are simply family members of a person with a disability, whether it be a parent or caregiver or a sibling um, or, or any family member of a child with a disability. They are trainees as well, and they are peers to the clinical trainees and um, follow a very parallel program as the clinical mm-hmm. trainees. And their goals and outcomes are to become leaders in um, sort of the advocacy field to, um, at the end of LEND, you know, be out advocating for not only their own children, but, but all children with disabilities. Yeah. Are the students, yeah, that's fantastic. Are the students, um, undergraduate, graduate level, doctoral level? What, tell, tell us a little bit about the student makeup. Yeah, they're um, graduate and doctorate level. Uh, we, we don't have undergrad level trainees. I think they're still, um, undergrads are still so um, intense in their learning process academically. Um, sure. So we really look at graduate and doctorate level when they're a little bit closer to embarking on their clinical career. So, and that's yeah. when we really try to, you know, grab them and, and um, mm-hmm. give them a chance to, to learn more about disability to ultimately go out and, and really be a shining example around it. Yeah. Now, the Call Me Yow podcast, as, uh, as you know, is uh, sponsored by the Interdependence Network. And, um, you know, we have folks that are part of the network really all over the world. But if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're in another state, how might they find out more about the LEND program that might be closest to them and how it might relate to them if they're a family member or if they're a self-advocate? I mean, how, how would one go about that? Is there a directory? Is there a website? Absolutely, yeah. They could go to, well, really, I mean, the, the very simplest way they could just Google, you know, LEND or the acronym Leadership Education um, and look for it that way. But our sort of umbrella organization is AUCD. It's Associations for University Disability Centers, AUCD, or for Centers on Disabilities, excuse me. So it's the Association for University Centers on Disabilities. Um, and then they can click on the lens tab and all the lens are listed there. I think there's even a map and you can click on your state and, um, oh, wow. and then you write to the lens and all of the lens. While we have, um, very many commonalities, you know, we also do have differences. So, um, I can't, I can't say that all lens have a clinic similar to ours, but there certainly yeah. would be ways for families to be involved. Absolutely. So I, I would. Yeah highly recommend looking into that to anybody that's great yeah what 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 an interesting resource and again you know we both know uh dory that um families uh oftentimes um really you know are looking for uh resources and and you know better uh connections that are going to that are going to benefit um both their sons or daughters as well as the field in general and so uh, knowing about this, I've, of course, I'm, you know, I've been familiar with LEND um, at the University of Pittsburgh, 
um, and have gotten to know some of the LEND programs in other, uh, other universities and other areas where I've had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to present. Uh, and also, I know that my, my partner in crime at the Interdependence Network, Jeff Fromneck, um, uh, who really um, uh, just is done, doing amazing things in his, um, in his career with side projects, uh, Jeff was a LEND scholar at the University of Pittsburgh when he was working on his uh, a graduate degree. So uh, um, know that it really spawns some very forward-thinking people and some very forward-thinking uh, approaches. Um, you know, the one thing, though, I wanted to ask you about, Len, that, um, you know, that the Interdependence Network uh, is a community of practice of uh, – uh, family members and professionals and self-advocates and, uh, and other interested folks who are really, who are really passionate about community and about, um, you know, macro change and opportunities to really uh, change our communities. Um, can, what's, wh- what's the interface that you see with Len uh, toward that goal, that goal of creating a a better community, a more hospitable, welcoming, and inclusive community. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Well, I can tell you that the first thing that we tell our trainees uh, when they they come for their first day of orientation is that when you come to LEND, you need to leave your discipline hat at the door because we really uh, don't focus on that traditional medical model that yes. you know they're all coming from, from their their um, sure. academic world that they have come up through and, and had their you know internships and externships and just been so focused on that. Um, that that's not the model that we follow with land. So we tell them, leave your hat at the door and in your discipline and come in prepared, you know, for an entirely different experience than what you're used to. They are really just immersed in, um, in, in community, in the community perspective of disability, um, we have a lot of different components to lend. One of them is families as mentors, where our trainees mm-hmm. get to go and spend time with families in the community, in their homes. Um, sometimes they go to church with them. They might go to family reunions. Just really sort of everyday things that these families have, have offered to have our trainees come and spend time with them simply so they can learn what it's like living with a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. They also, um, with our clinic, um, our families come in to, to work with our trainees and, and with oversight by our faculty, of course, but it's not on um, speech language development or um, needing physical therapy or anything like that. They come in because yeah. they want to find a recreational activity for their child to have an avenue to make friends, or maybe they are having some school difficulties, and so they want to take a look at that. And so the trainees are really just immersed in what it's like living with a disability, what it's like in the community for them, and just really valuing um, difference and how we can all come together around that. You know, Al, I had mentioned that when I came on board, 
uh, Lens had been given the directive. And when I say the directive, I mean by AUCD that I mentioned earlier. That's our mm-hmm. umbrella organization. They had given us that initial directive of including family as a discipline. Well, more recently than that nine years ago when I joined in, um, we have been given the directive really just within the last two to three years to begin seeing advocacy as a discipline with self-advocates as trainees. So we are now also um, having you know young adults with a disability themselves that they identify um, come through our training program and, again, work alongside our clinical trainees as a peer. And that's another... Um, Another great avenue for the clinical trainees to be able to experience disability and having a peer with a disability. And they follow, again, the very parallel path. And so they work on teams with the clinical trainees and are just a part of the overall LEND learning experience. Um, And that's just been such a great addition, such a really fabulous addition. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. I know... With some of the other LEND programs that I've had the opportunity to get to meet, um, they, they too were really uh, put, uh, promoting um, self-advocate involvement and participation. And, 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 and to that point, you know, uh, you, know you have such a really um, you know, broad and holistic uh, experience base because, you know, a- a- as a mom, um, you know, as a professional, as a, as an advocate, as an organizer, you know, you've done all of those kind of pieces of, uh, of the puzzle in this challenge. And I'd like you to uh, share a little bit, um, with, uh, with our listeners about, you know, kind of the, the, the track you've been on a little bit of, you know, your experience from, from, from your, with your mom hat on your experience you know, moving to some of the professional experiences that you've had and a little bit uh, just kind of so that, so that the listeners can really get a better sense of, you know, Dory Ortman's uh, sort of trajectory. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I'm always happy to talk about being a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's my first and foremost job is being a mom. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so my path, my trajectory has certainly been um, a unique one. I do always say I have the the parental perspective and also the professional perspective. Um, I I had my son. He's now getting ready to turn 23. So um, mm-hmm. we had him, and, and life was bubbling along. And mm-hmm. um, then four years later, we had my daughter, and my daughter mm-hmm. was uh, born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were sort of firmly implanted in that world of, yes. of learning about Down syndrome and, and her needs and um, caring for her. She had had some medical issues and had open heart surgery. And, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. we went through a lot with, with that in the early years of her life. And then mm-hmm. when she was about, um, oh, it's been so long ago now, and she was probably about four, yeah, because my son was around eight, um, he was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. And there had been some suspicion um, of that mm-hmm. earlier on, um, but I, I think that we just sort of 
Sure. You know, we sure. were so immersed with Down syndrome and you know, we yes. always kept tabs on it, but it was so almost newer then back then it wasn't, um, as it is now, but, yes. uh, yeah. but anyway, so and he, he did, um, he did receive the diagnosis of autism. So then that brought us into a whole other world that, mm-hmm. um, that we started to become involved in. So, yeah. uh, we, we had both of our kiddos with their own unique needs and, and juggling yes. that. And then at the same time, um, I went back to school to, um, learn more about disability practices and, and policies. And, um, I, attended partners in, in policy making. I know that, uh, I don't know if you've mentioned that on your podcast at some point, I'm sure you probably have, mm-hmm. but we can say more about that. But mm-hmm. I just sort of then immersed myself in disability training as well. Um, I then started working at UCP at that mm-hmm. time, you had a cerebral palsy under your leadership, yeah, which is not yeah. last, you know, living yeah. in support services and I'm always forever grateful to you for, for that experience to be able to, to learn and grow my um, professional base under your leadership was, was a real uh, honor. Mutual, mutual. Real honor in my yeah. life. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I feel that what I did learn throughout that journey and in some of the you know practices and programs that we uh, developed that were very community based. I really put those practices into play for my kids as well as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I learned about community and, um, you know, using their interests as an avenue to, uh, become more involved in the community and things like that. Those are, those are practices that I have put in place with my, my two kids who are now. Yeah you know, young adults and young, right, right. It's, it's done me well. I'll say that. <laughs> it's yeah, done them yeah. well. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. They've always been um, very involved in, in our local community and beyond. Um, my son, I'm proud to say, graduated from college uh, last spring and mm-hmm. is now working at his first career job, um, actually mm-hmm. giving back. He's working with mm-hmm. young children who have autism. Um, mm-hmm. He does have what they call higher functioning autism. He doesn't like that mm-hmm. term because he feels that the <laughs> yeah. opposite of that is lower functioning autism. And he right, right. Like that. <laughs> but, right. Um, but right. You know, that, that's what the medical community calls it. But so he was yes. able to go to college and, now he's working with with younger folks with with autism um, that have a little bit more of a greater challenge than than he has, and and he's just mm-hmm. absolutely loving that. My daughter's a senior in high school this year. Um, she has been involved in cheerleading since she was in kindergarten, um, yeah. and that was was sort of her interest that we were able to use to get her involved in the community and in her school cheerleading programs throughout the years. And she's just made a great circle of friends um, throughout her cheerleading career. But it's interesting. Let me, let me ask that. about that. Oh, yeah. Ahead. Let me ask about, about the cheerleading, um, you know, experience. And, yeah. and um, one of the things that, you know, uh, I think we all know <clears throat> that can unfold is a is a type of you know with programs like best buddies and whatnot um there can be 
sort of a, I don't want to call it tokenism. That's, that's probably not a good word, but, but I, I know that Emily genuinely is embedded and incorporated into, you know, the experience, the school experience and the, uh, the cheerleading experience. And how, how, how did you thread some of that story? Some of the, uh, you know, to assure that Emily wasn't just some token person, but, but was, you know, was embraced for who she is and, and, and just being a part of, um, you know, just part of the culture there, uh, in, in, in the school. Absolutely. How did you navigate Uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it took a lot of advocacy. Number one. Um, I, I saw Emily really has opened new doors in, in our district with, being such an integral part of the cheer team that, you know, had not occurred before um, and hopefully has opened doors for, for others to follow if that's, you know, a passion of theirs as well. Um, But, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to Emily as well. I mean, earlier on, of course, it was, was up to to me more of of an advocate and and an advocacy role and, and getting to know, the other parents uh, was was a big deal um, as far as that advocacy and just making sure that they and then in turn their daughters you know were were viewing Emily as a part of the team as a part of the right. squad and um, right. and me trying to set that tone and trying to yeah. model that um, was important as well as the coaches um, I had a lot of conversations with the coaches over the years on what, you know, my hopes and goals and, and almost expectations, yes. to be honest with you, were for her participation. Yes. Um, yeah. And again, you know, just using that as being a role model and um, making sure that, that she was um, treated that way by the coaches and by her, her teammates and, um, and just overall. And, and then as, as she got older, you know, I have to give her a lot of credit too, because she, you know, at, we talk about, you know, thinking of, of a person's interests or passions. Um, she's really, truly passionate about cheerleading. And so yes. she really wanted to be good at it. And so mm-hmm. the more that she, you know, took that passion of hers and excelled in it, it was became a little bit easier for others to see like, wow, like she's, you know, yeah. she's doing well with this. And Holding her own. She's just one of the squad. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. And so it wasn't, they never had to find like a special thing for her to do or, yes. you know, we'll do this and she can hold a sign or whatever. No, we can actually put her up in a stunt too, because yeah. she does, does great with that, you know, so I have yes. to give her credit too. And that's, I do, just think that's such an important piece of the puzzle is to really try to, to identify a true passion. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that's That is such an important, uh, uh, you know, an important um, a point that you're raising uh, with that. It's, uh, you know, when, when, when we um, in the work that you, you know, you did at UCP and then now class, um, you know, we codified, that that uh, those steps to um, connectedness and and we really looked at that first step, which is more of a discovery process. It really is to 
find that passion and um, and and to really allow that to you know to take form to to right. to manifest and um, and 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 you know I mean I, I don't uh, you know I also want to you know really be clear and I think you certainly know and recognize that um, even if somebody is not good at something say Emily wouldn't have been maybe she was passionate about cheerleading but maybe she wouldn't wasn't uh, you know perhaps as uh, as talented in in certain aspects um, you know being involved in some things is better than 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 being separated out and being uh, not being a part of of the squad. So we certainly want to be, you know, want to be clear about that. But on the other side of the coin, I think that when you get a situation like, like you've just explained and, and, you know, that, that, you know, Emily just got embedded into the experience with everybody else. Um, Tell me a little bit how that played out and her connectedness with the, um, with uh, the cheerleading squad. Uh, how did that parlay into relationships? What, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about that side of the coin. Yeah, I think, um, and, and I just want to speak to, to something else you just said before I um, go into that, yeah. but about the, if she would not have been good or someone is not as, as talented in, in a particular passion. Um, that part almost holds true with Emily in, in another cheer uh, program that she does. She's on her school squad and has always been on her school squad, but she's also a member of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a team that is out of a, a competition gym. They have competition mm-hmm. cheer gyms and travel around mm-hmm. to competitions. And the team that Emily is on, it's an inclusive team. Um, so there are cheerleaders with and without disabilities and they exhibit. So they're, they're not actually competing in the competitions, but they, mm-hmm. there's always an um, exhibition portion that, and not only inclusive teams um, exhibit, but other teams exhibit for, for different reasons that there's not a category mm-hmm. um, at their level or, you know, whatever it may be. So there's a whole exhibition piece that all of these competitions around the country. And so she's on this travel team. But the, this particular um, type or level of cheerleading is, is very different than the school-related one. There's a, a big dance component to it, and, and then there is a cheer piece and a um, stunting piece, which are her strengths. But the dance portion is not one of her strengths. Um, mm-hmm. and she's aware of that, and, and yeah. we're aware of that. But um, And so I... I wanted to just speak to that too, but she still, um, she tries her best and, um, you know, she's just still a part of that team. And mm-hmm. we, we work with all of the coaches. I shouldn't say we, but the coaches, you know, really work with the yeah. kids on highlighting what their strengths are. Um, and so I do think mm-hmm. that there are sort of ways around that, that absolutely it's yeah. better to be involved in something, even if it's not a talent. And then back to your question on, um, on friendship and, you know, developing yeah. relationships. Um, that, again, I think it just started happening around that joint um, passion of cheerleading that she would then 
weekend to be invited to to parties if a cheerleader was having a party. I mean, she's a senior in high school mm-hmm. now, so she's mm-hmm. been through her high school years. But, you know, if there was a high school party that a cheerleader was having a party, I mean, Emily was invited. She mm-hmm. She's uh, just a part of the team. So a cheerleader right. is inviting other cheerleaders to a party, and so Emily's invited. And, um, mm-hmm. and then just some of the fun things in school even that the cheerleaders get to do, like pep rallies and assemblies. And, you know, she's just always been involved in that. And so I think she just, those relationships sort of developed yeah. um, naturally. I mean, there were, yes. there were some maybe efforts on my part to help um, you know, to help that along mm-hmm. a little bit, but, but really overall, Al, I would say they happen very naturally. Mm-hmm. It's really that fun. So, yeah. That's oh, so sorry. exciting. Sorry. It's, it's really, it's really I mean, fun this you know, year because she's, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We're yeah. talking every No, time. no, go, no, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, tell us about well, what's going say, on this year. Well, it's fun as a senior this year because now she's been cheering with this. There's five seniors, um, on the squad this year. And so they've been cheering together for years and they're, they're just their own little group. And so at all of the different, you know, games or whatever, it's just, there's always a time that someone yells, you know, senior cheerleaders get together for a picture or whatever it might be. And their little group is just so tight from over the years. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm at an interesting juncture right now, Al, because I'm really, all these things we're talking about and, and, um, getting involved in community and, and different things like that. I really am going to be starting it all over again mm. because, you know, she's entering sort of the next phase of her life and she won't have yeah. that cheerleading anymore. And so right. now we're thinking about, well, you know, where are we going to go from here? So, What's next? Yeah. What's next? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's time again to, to start thinking about interest and adult mm-hmm. interest. And, right. Yeah. And what so is gonna... next? What is, what, what, what are you guys talking about? What, what do you see lying ahead? Um, you know, for, for Emily. Yeah. Um, that, that's exactly where we're at right now and exactly what mm-hmm. we talk about <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah I, I have to, husband credit too i do do have a husband yeah. involved in all of this too <laughs> oh, he's um, a wonderful wonderful helpful. guy yeah i haven't mentioned that but <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah i mean we're just we're talking about it all the time and talking about it with emily but i think i'm at the point now that i'm just sort of harkening back to her younger days and before we really knew that cheerleading was her passion you know we just really let her try a lot of different things a lot of different activities and, and uh, sports and, you know, just whatever we could find. And so I, I kind of feel like maybe we're going to try that again. Um, mm-hmm. I'm exploring now different adult activities. We are hoping that she will end up in a college program. That's our, our mm-hmm. goal. Um, a lot of the universities, and that's something that's a current passion of mine. A lot of the mm-hmm. universities um, across the country are developing programs for students mm-hmm. with intellectual disabilities um, that they are on campus and attending classes and, and are an inclusive part of the university. There are programs out there that, that are not inclusive, um, but mm-hmm. we're really looking for some of the more inclusive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a goal, but as far as just sort of interests and 
and yeah. community inclusion and things like that. Um, yeah, I think she's just going to sort of see where her interests take her. Where it takes her. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, you know, in, in a way, that's really, that's a voyage we all take uh, with our children in terms of, you know, what, what, where, what their what their interests are, what their propensities are, and, and then where that takes them. Uh, but in the end, as, as parents, uh, you know, our, 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 for any child that we have, is the, the, the notion of having relationships, building social capital, um, having the, the kinds of um, experiences that, uh, you know, that are typical um, in, in the greater community. And, uh, and, you know, you've, again, done such amazing things in, in um, both the formal side of the equation from your professional and academic work, but certainly from the familial side. Um, and so, you know, listening and hearing some of the sort of um, directions that you've taken, um, you know, with your children who are both so accomplished uh, young, uh, young people. Thank you. Um, yeah, they really are, Dorian. It's just, uh, you know, again, it's a testimony. It's a very, very positive testimony. Not that there aren't challenges and that, that there will still be challenges <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, that are out there. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to paint uh, some kind of a, a, you know, rosy picture, but I think what's, what's unfolded for both, uh, you know, your son and your daughter and, and, um, uh, and, w- you know, with your family's uh, guidance and then with support of other other folks around you um, have have really been, I think, instructive uh, for us all. So I, I want to thank you uh, for taking some time uh, for this podcast to share uh, both some of the uh, some of the academic stuff that that I think we should be aware of and certainly some of the familial experiences and realities that we we should keep in mind as we move to uh, create a community where everybody belongs. And and uh, uh, so just any final parting thoughts, Dory, in terms of um, that you'd like to share with um, with with our podcast uh, listeners uh, today? Um, well, I wanted to say thank you so much um, for, for yeah. having me. And, and I will share just one um, upcoming thing that, that I'm excited about that I had the opportunity to um, co-author a, a white paper that was commissioned mm-hmm. by AUCD that I mentioned earlier. And I yeah. think it sort of almost ties everything together. Um, it, it's called Fabric Not Fringe. And hmm. it focuses on the importance of family involvement in really anything. I'm sure you've heard of the, the statement, you know, nothing about me without me. So self-advocates, you know, just they, they need to be included. And our white paper is really about how families overall really need to be included on decisions and policies and um, whether it's, it's a, a training program or a medical program or whatever it is that um, you know, we shouldn't just be out there on the fringe. We really need mm-hmm. to be an integral part of everything yeah. along the way. We need to be woven mm-hmm. within that fabric, just as Lynn has woven families within the whole fabric of their training program as trainees, as faculty, as presenters, as, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And we've identified eight ways 
that mm-hmm. um, that any program or facility or organization can weave families into their activities. Uh, and that, and that's what our white paper's about. And AUCB is right. publishing that right now. It will be out very soon. Um, so I'll be sure to send you a link to that when that. Oh, out. that is um, fantastic. In fact, uh, uh, Dory, if you could, when when that's uh, ready for publication, if if you could get um, us a copy, me a copy, and we'll upload it onto the um, Interdependence Network um, uh, website. Uh, so that any listeners can go to our website, which is buildingsocialcapital.org, and and then have uh, an opportunity to uh, take a look at this paper, um, you know, with your byline and your team's byline in terms of, um, you know, certainly credit. But that is such a beautiful concept, the, the idea of fabric, the idea of all the woven parts that create a strong a fabric. And, and, you know, to follow the metaphor one step forward, if you pull any strand out of, uh, you know, out of a, a, you know, a tapestry or, or, or some, um, uh, you know, some cloth, if you're pulling things out of it, you make that, that, uh, that cloth weaker, it, it'll fall yeah. apart. It'll, yeah. you know, and so the idea of fabric, that is so beautiful, Dorian. Um, we would love to have that, uh, um, you know, and, and also, you know, uh, a link to uh, other kinds of documents that, that um, you know, folks at our website could, could benefit from. So I want to thank you for, for taking time from, you know, your crazy schedule. I know how busy <laughs> things get with you and with your family and your work um, and all the, all the contributions you guys are, are making uh, to a better community. I want to thank you for taking some time with us today. And I want to thank everyone who's been listening. The, you know, um, you're listening to the Call Me Out podcast and, and uh, this episode uh, in conversation with uh, Dory Ortman. And um, I want to thank our listeners. You can find um, our podcast at our website, buildingsocialcapital.org, or on iTunes if you just search at uh, Call Me Out. So I want to thank you. You've been, you've been listening to Call Me Al podcast. I'm Al Condalusi. And on behalf of the Interdependence Network, I want to thank you for joining in with us today.